The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden. So grateful to be here with you on Unity Online Radio and... During this wild time, I feel like this is this hub in the center, and you might hear my dog Lola singing along. This is her singing voice. It sounds like she's whimpering, but she's really singing. So um, I want to invite you to call in the show today, because today the show is all about you, you and your dreams. The number to call is 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. If you have a dream, a dream question, a dream-related aha or epiphany that you want to share, today's the day to call in, because it's your show today. And Nancy T is with me and I'll just say a little hello to Nancy T. I know she's having a little lunch, but I'm calling her out just to say hi. I'm all done hey, with honey. my lunch. I managed to have it, make it all happen. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> so Nancy had the great idea to talk about about night workers tonight. So that's what we're tonight, today, wherever you are in the world, we're going to talk about night workers on the show and it's not the kind that do illicit illegal things that's not what we're talking about we're talking about mm-hmm. healing and and um, being able to heal as you sleep like um lay down on the job so to speak but I guess gosh I keep creating double entendres I need to stop <laughs> it and do a prayer before I get into serious trouble <laughs> I'm going to pray your way out of that one. (laughs) I'm going to pray the heaven of my way out of here. Okay, so let me just invite you all to take a moment to turn within wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Don't close your eyes if you're operating heavy machinery, but if you can, take a moment to close your eyes, turn within, and take a couple of deep breaths. Ah. And just allow yourself, imagine that you're standing beneath a beautiful waterfall and that waterfall is just taking from you everything that you don't want to carry, everything you don't want to have to churn through your mind today, release everything to this waterfall, even all the stuff that you think is so great, even your resume and your business card and all of the things that you say, hey, do you know this about me? Like, let all that go too, because who you are is so much more than that. And Lola gives an amen to that. Thank you, Lola. So releasing and letting go with every out breath so that with every brand new in breath, we can receive the influx of blessings that are just overflowing more than we could ever count, infinitely filling us up, heart, mind, body, and soul. 
So just allow that in, allow ourselves, because on a dime, we can be made new. On a dime, we can wake up. On a dime, we can come out of the trance. And in a dime, on a dime, we can just come out of the pandemic and come into the healing solutions that we've been hoping for, praying for. So with that, I just give thanks for you for listening. I give thanks enormously for you and your dreams and the fact that you're not taking them lying down, that you're paying attention to them. I'm grateful for Nancy T for joining me today. I'm grateful for all the night workers in the world. I'm grateful, of course, for online Unity Online Radio, Louie and Jeff and Diane Ray just doing 5,000 things behind the scenes. I just love you and appreciate you guys so much. All right. On that note, I just say thy will be done. And so it is. Amen. Awomen. And Nancy, take it away and read us a card or two while I take care of my little Lola. All right. I do that. And you know what? I'm going to read both of these because I pulled one from each deck from the dream goddess empowerment deck. And it's such a short read. So because you were talking about coming out of the cocoon of our lives, let's talk about this card I pulled. It's called the butterfly maiden goddess of renewal. There are times when being cloaked in your cocoon, cultivating your strength or licking your wounds is needed and necessary, but now is the springtime of your life and it's time to make an entrance. Spread your multicolored wings and share your triumph with the world as you boldly express you give hope to those who need it most. And that felt very much like coming out of the pandemic, like she was mentioning in the prayer you were mentioning, Kelly. So then I'm going to take you to the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle cards. And the beautiful one that I picked here is the Afterglow. Oh, we're back to that night worker talk. No, <laughs> Afterglow. <laughs> <laughs> and it says to land gracefully. So let me read you the quote. Keep fresh before me. Oh, this is one of your favorite quotes. Yes, it is. Okay, let's see if I can do this without screwing it up then. (laughs) (laughs) Ready and action. And feel. Okay. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve that in fair weather or in foul, in good times or in tempests, in the days when the darkness and the foe are nameless or familiar, I may not forget that to which my life is committed. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. And that's Howard Berman. Hmm. Mm, okay. Mm. The message of this card Howie is, Wowie is what we call him behind the scenes. Do you? Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> and that was very enough of that night talk, night walker talk. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. We love Howard Thurman. He doesn't mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he loves you. I'm sure he Mm -hmm. does. The message is coming home with the elixir after a soul altering experience requires consciousness, attention and care. You've been changed. Yet the world you're returning to has remained much the same, like an airplane coming in for a landing, having sailed over oceans, deserts and forests. If the pilot brings consciousness to the landing, it can be graceful, even though the craft is hitting solid asphalt. Returning home from a powerful inner and or outer journey may seem like the time to let go, but this stage takes as much consciousness as the rest to make your re-entry as smooth as possible. Go out of your way to be gentle with yourself as you integrate slowly back to the ordinary world. 
And so as we've been talking about the night workers, the dream symbol here is flight, which you kind of do some astral flying in this night work. Mm -hmm. So I think that's perfect, a perfect symbol. And it says when you dream of flying, it suggests a liberation from your earthbound perspective, identity and affairs. You've released the ego's gravitational hold and have been reunited with your higher, more expansive nature. You are now aware that you're part of a much larger tapestry of life. When you come back down to earth, allow your light to speak for itself. Let it tell the tale of your journey to remind others there's more than this. And the mantra is, I am a citizen of both heaven and earth. I soar high and I land with grace. Look at that. A lot of soaring high and landing with grace. And after reading about the butterfly maiden, I mean, I think it's just a sign. (laughs) It was a sign we needed to talk about this today in a big way. Wow, the synchronicity is alive. I like mm-hmm. the the notion of that is that you don't have to become an evangelizer. I mean, you can be an evangelizer just by your presence without having to try to recruit anybody and tell it's yeah, like let your afterglow. Share the glow, be. right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So at the last minute, so we have we had a guest that was going to be on the show who's not on the show today, who will be coming on at some point later, but it was a last minute cancellation. And Nancy said, I've been wondering about night walkers or night walkers, night workers. <laughs> and again. again, I know. God, <laughs> somebody help me. I mean, I want this show to be a bridge between heaven and earth, and I'm airing a little bit too much on the earthy side. But I was just telling somebody the other day about my kind of my philosophy for life. Would you like to hear it, Nancy? I'll make it short. I really would. <laughs> I want to hear it. As she files her nails. And uh, Okay. <laughs> so here we go. And this ties into being a night worker. So in the beginning, we all start off in kind of from, did we already talk about this, this Shakespearean like three, three act play? Have we talked about that lately? Am I just dreaming that we have? Yeah, and you know, you and I have talked about that in before okay. many times, but I don't believe okay. on this show we've done a lot of that. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so it. it's like the Shakespeare thing about all the world's a stage, all the men and women merely players. It's like, imagine that we're all on a stage and Nancy can imagine that very well since she is an actress. But act one is we're all babies and we're born here. We're precious. We're whole. We're complete. We're dazzling. We're. It's like, just imagine your baby self that has absolutely no no need for boundaries, just loves so much. Nancy, you can also picture this because you're in the midst of raising twin grandbabies or glammy babies, um, not glammy babies, but grandbabies, I guess I have to say, because that would be weird if they were yours. Um, anyway, so babies, the preciousness of the innocent baby, this is who you are. This is This is the truth of who you are innocent, wide open, loving, precious. By the end of act one, there's some kind of a smackdown, some kind of a whack, thwack, like you're hit beneath your knees. The rug gets pulled out from underneath you, get bit by a dog, you get hit by a pandemic, you get hit by a breakup, you get hit by family falling apart or some something. It could be really, I mean, the scale, the gradation could be like really vast. It can be all the way from just a simple 
like a friend doesn't return your phone call all the way to the horrific things that people encounter that just it marks the end of innocence. That's the end of act one. Act two begins with a mask, a mask that is synonymous for whatever your coping strategy is, whatever your ability to be able to find your way through a chaotic time. We all find some kind of mask, some kind of crutch, some kind of way of being to compensate for the pain, for the loss, for the the shakeup, breakup. I know for myself, and I can just, and there were several things that rocked my world, but I can think of one. And I've talked about this ad nauseum because I've had so many dreams about this person, about my very first love when I was very young, 11 years old, broke my heart. And it was, it might sound like, oh, that shouldn't hurt because you were only 11. I mean, how much can an 11 year old love? But to me, it was, it was epic. And the breakup really, like really broke me. And I showed up like that, that night when that happened, I was just a flood of tears, total victimhood. The next day at school, I don't know where this came from, but I had the mask of, I don't care. I'm fine. I don't even know who this person is. I can't even remember his name. This one who shall forevermore remain nameless, except in my dreams. And I became like sort of cool in my non-cool way. I mean, of course, it was me trying to pretend to be cool, but it was like me acting like I'm fine. So that became this kind of persona. And and that persona has had many different iterations. And it could be like, literally, I would laugh at like the most silly thing. <laughs> Look at me. I'm having such a good time. It's like the tears of a clown. I am fine mm. and you can't hurt me. So this is this is like one of the many masks like Nancy what are some other masks that people wear that you can think of uh humor I'd say humor, humor. is yeah. a big one yeah. yeah people you know I mean think about all the comedians that you've heard are actually have Robin depression. Williams yeah. yes I mean, right away that's who was in my mind um they yeah. have depression and and that's how they get through it so. Right. Some people become really smart. Like I will outsmart this. If I learn enough stuff, then this will, mm -hmm. this will never happen to me. Or they become really withdrawn. It's like, if I just go away and don't, don't open my heart again, then I won't get hurt. And I don't need to ever open my heart. Or you mm -hmm. And then really they'll call themselves an introvert fixer. and maybe they are, but maybe that's just a maybe great way to hide. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So you can become the life of the party. You can become mm -hmm. really charming. You can, there's so many things and they might all appear to be really great. You could become really successful, but there's a mask quality. And so many people have dreams that reveal themselves naked or they're receiving some kind of award that they feel undeserved. So there is this phenomenon that many people know about called the imposter syndrome. And I believe that it's a function of being in act two and having really perfected the mask to a certain degree that mm -hmm. you're receiving the accolades of life. And yet, you know, there's some part of you that this isn't exactly like the inside and the outside doesn't quite match up or at the end of act two you you start to repel. It's like the mask starts to become stinky and people can really tell that there's something disingenuine going on or disingenuous. I never quite know how to say that word. Um, can you help me, Nancy? Disingenuous? Disingenuous. Yeah, 
Thank you. Yeah. So Uncle it's like thanks. there's yeah. just a hi, I'm fabulous and perfect and fine. How are you? And you're like, oh, no, you're not. That's a mask. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> Cut that out. Right. So at the end right of now. act two, act two often ends in a crisis, just like act one ends in a crisis. But the crisis in act two can be pretty severe because we can think, wow, it doesn't it doesn't work to wear my mask anymore. And yet way back when, when I didn't have a mask, that didn't work either. So what this is a crisis of faith. What do I do how do I be like, and if somebody is going to take their life, it's usually at this point where they feel like, well, I have no other choice. There's no other way. I can't do it with my mask. I can't do it without. So I guess I just have to exit. However, there are those that say at the beginning of act three, if there's going to be a beginning of act three, it begins on your knees in a humble prayer where you say, thy will be done. God, if there is a God, you better reveal yourself to me. I need you. Like, make it plain, make it clear. Come in and talk to me, show me, give me something. So, if we persist, if we really pray genuinely to get divine guidance, we will get it. And that divine guidance will tend to become this invisible bridge that leads us through act three. So act three is characterized by grace, a state of grace, one graceful act after the next synchronicities, meeting wonderful people and in like divine timing and, and not necessarily Mm. knowing five steps ahead, what's going to happen. You're just being led by grace and By the end of Act 3, if there is such a thing as the end of Act 3, I believe, and here's the punchline, this leads us back to nightworking, is that your job becomes to be this beacon. It's no longer about what you do and how you be in the ordinary sense. It's about this energy that you emit that heals people, that shifts people just by your presence or even by your non-presence. You could be in one place on the globe and people can dream about you. Like you can genuinely show up in their dreams by willing yourself, or you can be having a sweet sleep and you show up in other people's dreams and they get healed or they receive a message without you having to lift a finger because your presence speaks louder than words. That is the ultimate multitasking grace, if I ever heard it. Anyway, that's kind of the point. And so I want us to talk today about how to leverage our dreams to be able to do that heavy lifting and how to help us become night workers so that we can have more bandwidth in our waking lives to do, to have more fun. What do you think about all that, Nancy T? Am I on the same page as you at all? I, you're always on my page. Oh, for sure. We're good. (laughs) Hallelujah. I might be swirling around on the side and you might be, you know, <laughs> we're in the margins somewhere. We're always on the okay. same page for sure. Oh, and um, I mean, this night worker thing has me just completely enthralled because yeah. it, and what sprung it is I had been reading about it. And then last night I had a dream and in my mm. dream, all I was doing was helping someone see that their situation was, wasn't as limited as they thought it was and getting them wow. to try something that maybe they wouldn't consider. The whole dream was me giving advice to this person and I, I achieved it. So I woke up thinking, wow. wait a minute, am I a night worker? Because <laughs> yes, you are. But wait, did you, you achieved it in the dream and in the dream I achieved it, it yeah. in waking life? I, 
Yeah, yeah. He basically there was a. I can tell you real quick. This guy yes, um, found out he had a five year old that he was unaware of. He'd been married <gasps> for two years. He three years prior to that he'd been seeing someone. The girl never told him she got pregnant. So he finds out he could meet this child, but he decides not to because he doesn't want to upset his current wife because she might feel jealous or like, why did you, you know, you had this relationship before me or you're not going to love my kids from my previous relationship. She, he had all of this in his mind. That's how wow. she would react. So he wasn't going to love this child or even meet the child. And I wow. said in my dream, and this really sounds like my higher self talking. I, I said, what you're not thinking about is what if you don't meet this child? There's a potential that this little boy will grow up and think he's not lovable or not mm. loved by a father figure or doesn't have a father figure to mold for him and show him the path of being a man. And that's a lot to risk for a notion where you think mm. she might respond this way. She's a loving mother Ooh. to her own kids. Perhaps she'll say, oh, my goodness, let's take him in. Let's meet him. Let's love him. But you don't know that yet. And yet you're willing to abandon this little boy who might develop some sort of self-esteem issue, to say the very least. And he thought about wow. it and decided he was going to have a relationship and tell his wife about it. Oh and it was all because God. of the words I said. And so <gasps> it was a beautiful dream. And I know the guy and I know his wife and I know she has kids, but the, the timeline's not right. The five years, the two years, but it was a beautiful dream and I felt really <gasps> helpful. And I woke up kind of tired, like they say night workers do. <laughs> so Wow. Oh my God. That is such a powerful story, Nance. I love that. You for sure are a night worker. There was, I'm going to share one of mine. Um, this was years ago when a young man um, died. He was, he ran out of gas on the freeway. This is why I always yell at you, Nancy, when, when you try to like say, see how far you can go without gas in your car. I'm like, get your gas tank filled up. Cause um, <laughs> this, this young man, Brian ran out of gas on the freeway and was hit from behind with a car going 75 miles an hour. He died on impact. His girlfriend was seriously injured, but she survived the crash. And I had the blessing of being able to do grief counseling for the family right afterward. And, oh, it was so intense. It was so intense because this young man, Brian, Brian Newcomer is his name. I think he even still has a Facebook page. So he was so well loved he was so beloved everybody like everyone thought brian was their his best friend he was so he was one of those like really really special people so mm. when i was counseling the the dad his dad he was just having the worst time because he felt as a father you're supposed to this is a lot of father stuff interestingly nancy um mm -hmm. he felt like even though he wasn't there as a father, it's his job to keep his kid alive, even though his son was an adult. And it's like he felt so much guilt. And one night I had a dream that, and literally it was Brian dictating to me what to tell to his dad. And oh. it was so clear. And he finally just said, get up and write this down. Like, don't 
don't trust yourself to remember this in the morning. So like three o'clock in the morning, I got up and I wrote pages of pages and pages of what Brian had to tell his dad. And in nut in a nutshell, it was him saying it was absolutely not your fault. This was my time to go. And I'm so sorry that I left you feeling any guilt at all. But I want you to know that I need you to be my father, but in a different capacity than before. You're still my dad. You'll always Mm. be my dad. I need to be able to be in touch with you. I need the rock that you are to still be a force in my life. So don't let your grief get in the way of you being able to be a lucid parent for me to be able to touch base with. Like find me in this new place so like we can have a relationship in this new way, but I need you to raise up to, to that place. That, that was the nutshell of it. And Mm. it was, Ooh, and so many of the words were not the way, not my turn of, I'm kind of putting it in Kelly's speak right now, but it seemed to have an effect. I think, I don't know, but I mean, it seemed to, it seemed to help. Anyway, I had a lot of sleep, sleep working, night working dreams around that family. And then even one more little anecdote that's not my own. Um, we've talked about Claire Wineland on this show and she is the ultimate night worker and maybe still is. She had hundreds of dreams that she was helping people pass over when it was their time to die. She was there at their bedside and they would be resisting going with her as she would take them across the bridge and they wanted to stay with their families. Of course, they're attached and she would have to in her job, she would have to be so convincing about how wonderful the other side was that she would have to hook their attention because she would say, I promise you, the moment you get over there, you will thank me. Oh, my God, you got to see it. you got to see it. So in her teenager excited way, she would have to. She would do that every night. She said hundreds and hundreds of those dreams oh. with people from all around the world. She was an earth angel and she still inspires us to this very day. I just love oh, that girl. She does. And here's the thing though. I think that night working isn't just a rare phenomenon that happens to a few. I think that like in, in during this pandemic, one of the, one of the issues, there's so many issues people are struggling with. And I think one of them is helplessness, feeling like their loved ones are suffering or hurting and there's nothing you can do about it because you can't see them. You're quarantined. But I think if you simply focus on the person you want to help or be with before you go to sleep, ask to have a dream that you are with them. And on some level you will be. So we're going to go to a quick break right now, but on the other side of the break, we want to take your questions. So call in with your dreams, your dream questions about how you can be a night worker. The number to call is 816-251-3555. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, Dr. Dream on. I'm talking to Nancy T about night working. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back after these brief announcements. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. 
Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show where we uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. And I am Kelly Sullivan Walden, Dr. Dream, and here with Nancy T. We're talking about being a night worker. And mm -hmm. from my perspective, this is one of the reasons why to do dream work. You know, it's not just a, an intellectual exercise. It's not just kind of an ooh and ah parlor trick. It's it's a muscle to build as we do dream work, as we even just simply pay attention to dreams and interpret them, do maybe practice some lucid dreaming. As we do this, we're developing our consciousness muscles so that we can eventually not just benefit ourselves, but go beyond ourselves to our families, to our friends, to our communities, and maybe even across the globe and be a beneficial presence to others while we while we sleep. Wouldn't that be awesome. I think this is mm. one more marker of the end of helplessness or even victimhood of being able to not reach people, to not be able to help people. So Nancy, you were talking about Padre Pio. And I, before you go, I want to let people know if you have a dream, we're going to talk to you about them. The number to call is 816-251-3555. And um, we will get to you in just a second. We're just going to wax poetically for a one more moment about night, <laughs> not, not night walking, not night talking, but night working. <laughs> so Nancy T, what, what were you saying about Padre Pio? Well, I was just, when you had mentioned, you know, you can be in more than one place through your dreams, it made me think of Padre Pio. And I always think if you think of a saint or, or someone holy, you need to mention them. So Padre, obviously mm. he wants to say something. So Padre Pio, he was known as Saint Pio, actually. He was an Italian friar, a priest, and he had the stigmata and he was a mystic. And he was, I, I know there was a period of time I watched this documentary where they said, you know, there's too much attention. It's almost becoming like a parlor trick craziness. This, this stigmata thing is getting too much attention. Too many people are flocking to his church. So we're going to cut him off. And they didn't allow him to, mm. to say mass for a period of time. Oh, wow. But eventually oh. they said, you know, that's crazy. He's bringing all these people to prayer and he saw more confessions than uh, any known priest, uh, they say, because so many people wanted to speak with them. But he was this beautiful mystic and, and people would go to see him and he'd say there was something else you needed to say. You know, if it was a if it was a confession, <laughs> you forgot to say that one thing and they go up oh, and he go, you know, when you were 12. Oh, my gosh, I forgot to tell you, father. You know, he he had oh, that way funny. about him, but he could buy locate. And that was the thing where he would be there was a period of time in his life where he was just in Italy and he didn't leave supposedly, but he was seen elsewhere. And that was oh. not a dream for those people, although it was a dream come true. Oh, and I think there's a lot of this going on with whoever your spiritual teacher is, they will mm -hmm. they will tend to show up. I remember somebody who was a follower of Sai Baba, and everybody knew that Sai Baba f was always visiting them in their dreams. I know one time Dana and I, we slept in a place, um, I was on a radio show called Bridging Heaven to Earth, and there had been, so Dana had a dream because he had had a knee problem, a knee injury. And in his dream, there was this bald, heavy set man that put his hand on his knee. And I, and when we woke up in the morning, I noticed Dana jumping on the side of the bed. 
like, Dana, what are you doing? And he said, oh my God, my knee's better. Oh my God, my knee's better. And he told me about this dream about this man who touched his knee and his dream and his knee was better. And then we told our host, the host of the show, whose house we stayed at. And he said, oh, well, my last guest was Gene. I want to say Gene Asidio, Yesidio. He's this famous, um, healer who is and he described he's exactly the way dana described him physically heavy Mm. bald he looked like a plumber um and he (laughs) and he was literally he would touch people and they would be healed and his energy lingered in the bed that we slept in so anyway it's so i think and sometimes reverend michael will show up in my dream because he's kind of you know reverend michael from Mm -hmm. agape will show up and i think we can all do this and we can send ourselves, we can project ourselves, and we can receive healing. We don't ever ultimately need to be in a prolonged state of victimhood ever again with this awareness. So dreams are not just for fun. It's, it's, it is for fun, but it is powerful healing. All right, so let's take some questions. And Denise and Anna, I see you. We're going to take a first-time caller really quick, and we're going to get to you, I promise. So hang in there, everybody. All right, so Susan, you're calling in from California. Yay, California. So what's going on with you, Susan? Have you had some sleep night working dreams hi kelly yes mama sue mama sue (laughs) she not only lives in california she lives in topanga she's my neighbor oh i love this lady nancy you know her from facebook mama sue what's on your heart today i'm so happy to hear your voice talk to me i have to talk to you i i ran home i was literally jogging and came back to to see the show. This is Yay. really weird, Kel, because okay. I had, for three days in a row, I had a dream that was really unbelievable. It was, mm. I was dreaming about a group, and I was in the group, I was the only Native American there, and mm. it was all 100% beside me Asian people. They were all mm. wearing masks. They were mm. talking in my, in well, a little bit of that I know of my Choctaw language, and mm. it was unbelievable i couldn't understand them except what the things they were saying like hello i love you that kind of thing but the Mm. thing was that i felt one of the main ones was like a i don't know what it was she looked like an empress uh or something you know and she came up to me where i was at and all of a sudden she could not speak a word of english but all of a sudden i could i could literally understand what she was saying in a different language I don't know what it was, but she kept telling me that I was a great pretender. And I kept saying, what, what? And she kept saying, you're a great pretender. You're always, you have tears in your heart and tears in your, in your mind, but you're the great pretender. No one knows this. No one knows this, but you. And I thought to myself, wow. Uh, and I dreamed it three times in a row, different oh. times, but, but th- the same group of people. And then after that, like three days, maybe three days after I drowned that, my sister uh, passed away. And um, we just had her funeral Sunday. But it was the weirdest thing. It was like she was trying to tell me something that um, the only thing I could understand was be aware, be aware. That's all I could understand from what she was saying. So I didn't think nothing of it. And when she was going to tell me what to be aware of, I immediately woke up. And it scared Mm. me. And I, I... didn't tell Rhonda. I didn't tell anybody. I was like, wow. So I meditated and meditated. And, and I was, when I was meditating, I was looking like I was seeing in my mind, I was seeing like a, like a, 
magenta color, very, very light and light through my whole, I could see it through my whole head. And it was so wow. weird. And then the next day, of course, I was told that my sister passed away. Oh. It was it was so weird. I don't know what I was supposed to be aware of. So it mm. was it was like this morning I was I was jogging or running, and all of a sudden I'm I'm the normal. I've been doing this for, since the, the corona, and all of a sudden mm. I feel this thing right in my face, like something was hit me, and it was a, squ- a sponge ball or like a little <laughs> sponge ball that somebody threw out of their car at me. <laughs> it, it was bittersweet because I wasn't sure what was going on. But then Wait, that just, happened in waking feel, life or in your dream? In my in my waking life this morning. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and then I started thinking of the dream, and I started oh. thinking of the dream, and it, it woke was you like, up. It woke me up, and I was like, okay. oh, "What does this mean?" Wow. All right. Well, let's dive into this one really quick. Oh, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for calling in. And I just love you. And I'm so sorry to hear about your sister. My heart goes out to you. Um, Oh, ow, ow, ow. And what a beautiful set of synchronicities to to confirm that there's that in some way there's to me, if it were mine, I'd feel that there's there's something divine happening because of this passing. There's a connection with with sister beyond just this world and all of this convergence of of energies and dreams are are like a gift from her. And we were just talking. I don't know if you caught the early part of the show about the mask and about the. Yes, I did. That's why I I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is not just you. We're all the great pretenders. We all have masks. And I think no matter how enlightened we all may someday become, I think we'll all have the act two part of us. The goal is, though, to have it without it having us to be able to have a mask because sometimes they come in handy and we all know we're all wearing masks right now. It's good to have it. But imagine if it was stuck to your face all the time and you couldn't take it off. So the goal is to be able to have a place to be able to me, I I would take away from this to be aware of the mask that I'm wearing, be aware of when I'm pretending. And when I don't have to don't, and when I can practice being authentic, because you are one of those people that has this beautiful smile, you light up a room. And I imagine like, just like Nancy has also like gotten a lot of affirmation in your life for your smile, your happiness, your buoyancy. So it's like, okay, great. Everybody loves me for that, but they don't love me for the darker colors on my palette, for my sorrow, for my rage, for my pain. So there's nowhere to put it. But the truth is there is a place to put it. And this, I believe this epic that we're living in, this time in our life, this epoch is about authenticity and transparency and finding a place for those darker colors and and making them beautiful, falling in love with them. That's all I'm going to say about this at the moment so we can get to the others. But I love the magenta light. To me, it feels like as long as you're aware, you're going you're gonna to do this. So Nancy T, you want to give her a couple words of your wisdom? Yeah. Just a couple words. The um, you know, you had this dream for three days, and we've had that number pop up before yes. the show. And we yeah. know that there's the trilogy, the holy trilogy, but there's also mm-hmm. the past, future, future, and present as well with three. But we were also just today talking about Act One, Act Two, and Act Three. And yeah. Kelly said that often at the end of Act Two, there's something that happens that can be tragic or life-altering mm. that puts you into this new awareness, mm. which 
I feel like this is what this dream is about. That magenta is like a brilliant, like this is your stage to be aware and, and could be of, of anything and everything um, mm. in the goodest, in the best of ways, you know, but yeah. the fact that it, it just, that three really stuck out to me. Yes. And I think the understanding the language that's foreign to me, this is, mm-hmm. this is one of the beautiful things about dreams, how we can expand our consciousness and understand. To me, I feel like you, Mama Sue, are the empress. You are this, you are this being. It's just maybe a part of yourself that was foreign to you. And maybe she's, I'm feeling like she's going to help with the authenticity. She's going to help bridging mm-hmm. the, yeah, the that's her moving from pretending mm-hmm to just tending to yourself, being true to yourself, like access her, let her be a bridge to help that. So thank you so much for sharing your beautiful dream, Mama Sue. Please call in and let us know more of your dreams. Every time I ever see you, you always have epic dreams to share. So don't be, don't be stingy with them. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you. I love you guys and God bless you all. Love you too. God bless you too, Mama Sue. Bless you too. Okay. So let's go to, let's, Anna, we told you last time we were going to bring you on. So like, come on, bring it, Anna. Anna from San Juan, Puerto Rico. So we want to hear. So give us a nutshell, though, because your dreams are always quite extensive and powerful. And I want to hear every detail, but time is of the essence. So give us the nutshell of the most juicy part of your dream, you juicy girl. Hi. Hi. Um, first, I wanted to just say that I missed the angel card. So maybe at the oh. end you can tell me because usually there's a linking, I feel. That, oh, actually, Nancy, yeah. did you do a, didn't you pull a goddess? We always do a dream I, goddess I just card. Called, I, I, oh, the the, goddess, we didn't do an yeah, angel card. Exactly. We did the, um, the goddess. Angel goddess. Em- <laughs> yep, yep. Dream and goddess I, empowerment card. Yes, as, and as they, they both, these two cards that I pulled both connected with one another because it was the butterfly maiden. And it's it all the about the goddess maiden. of renewal. And so all about Ooh. licking your wounds and coming into this new space. And, um, you know, from a caterpillar to a butterfly and then the afterglow was also coming out in and presenting Mm. yourself. I think it's, it's the theme of today for sure. Yeah, totally. Well, Nancy, I just have to say that I noticed after listening to your voice about 20 times, maybe, (laughs) and Dr. Cream probably as much, that there's a a greater depth in it that I noticed. And, Mm. um, after I was like kind of running that through my head a few I was like, wait a minute. Now I'm noticing, like, also Kelly is, too. Like, there's, like, and then you're talking about authenticity. And I was like, whoa. And then, like, this night worker stuff. I'm like, okay, like, we're getting real. You know, like, something (laughs) is, like, is revealing itself from, like, below. Where we're usually in this, like, bubbliness. But there's, like, this other tone. I'm feeling tone. Yeah. Oh. Nancy. I just have to say, Nancy is like really diving into her healing work and, and I think it's, (laughs) it is showing. And so how cool that you're affirming that on us. So yay. Take that as an affirmation, Nancy. I will. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So we left off where, um, last week I was about to tell you, I don't know if you, what you remember, but, um, there's this room, um, of like a big warehouse. It was like white, but kind of like clinic-y feeling. Um, yeah. huge, huge, like kind of foyer sort of space, bodies on the ground, with blankets over them. People were like resting or sleeping or I don't know. It was odd. And then I opened, there was only like this little tiny, there's like 
this little tiny kitchen space, a refrigerator. I opened the refrigerator. It was just like messy, like full of stuff, like a wall of just stuffed. Which mm. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. where are the levels? And then I took out this case. There were like candles on it that were like tall Ooh. and skinny, but kind of broken. And it was like, it, it like had been like mauled through maybe, but or like chunk, you know, like someone had cut like all these pieces and just like laid them on top of one another. So oh. then I was like, hmm, I took it out. I was like, I don't, I imagine myself like digging my hand and I was like, I'm going to put it back. And then I went into another room um, or the next space. My um, CD was on the ground laying up the ceiling, looking up at the ceiling. I was like, hey, like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I'm waiting for a package and, um, and, and, or someone to like come in, come and drop something off. And I was like, okay. So then I walked towards the front door and just then my father burst open in this rage, like sort of demanding, like, Anna, like, where are you? Like, what are you doing? And he was like screaming for me, like, Anna, where mm. are you? And I was just like totally like unnerved. And um, then, yeah, um, my um, lady jumped up and like ran through the, to the door and like sort of had all this like, you know, masculine like anger with like, you know, you, you're invading my privacy. Like, what are you doing here like this? And, mm. uh, and they basically like got out towards the front of the yard, like off the property, <laughs> Mm. Um, which it turned out to be my childhood home in the front yard, mm. which is very bizarre. And by this point, I'm in total shock. I'm like, start, I think I'm like crying of, mm-hmm. of in shock too, because I don't understand mm. his anger. And my dad is like foaming at the mouth and wow. I look at his mouth and there is this piece of flesh like flinging off. And then I notice closer like as if I'm like zooming in another piece on maybe like the side of the top and they're like these little gummy worm like flesh pieces and and wow. I was like oh my god and I, I just feel like he's in danger or harm or something or he's sick and and I, he's not expressing it and he was like about to like fling open the door of this giant delivery truck like vehicle he was driving it was i think all white or gray or something and nondescript didn't have anything on it and it was bizarre that he was driving (laughs) Mm. but um yeah Mm. and then i i just woke up crying like yeah oh my god okay so we went back into the house and i i felt like i wanted to be consoled but i think my cd was like kind of just like still really affected by it and um i think he just went to lay down again <laughs> okay so I'm gonna dive in if you don't mind just with yeah. a couple things so um wow what a powerful dream the pieces that stand out to me are so the delivery the delivery truck this my sweetie's waiting for a package and then so I feel like if this were my dream that my dad is the is the package he is the He's part of the thing that we like the message that we're waiting for. And at least in my world, every once in a while, I have this very paternal voice that comes through to shake me up. And it's not my dad, but it it feels paternal and it's intense. And often it comes in it and says stuff like, what are you doing who like knock this off like there's some kind of an abruptness that is getting my attention and every time it comes to me literally for for me it always feels like it is a wake up call to jar me awake out of a pattern that i'm in that isn't helping that isn't good for me and it and if i allow it to 
I feel like it does create freedom that I wouldn't have had otherwise. It's like I'm stuck in a pattern. And so to me, I can't help but think that there's something about my relationship um, he shows up in a lot of dreams that you've shared and he's laying down and I'm wondering if the father aspect, because the mouth is all about communication, but even, even Susan in her dream that she was talking about was about being the great pretender kind of cover, I think covering up anger. I feel like there's this, and I might be like reaching for straws here, but it feels like there's anger that's suppressed that is Im important that it's it's like if it implodes it becomes it becomes like something that festers in the mouth and can rip the mouth so really bottom line Ooh, i feel like there needs to be a yeah yes so it feels like there needs to be a place so this is for sue and for you and for all of us who are listening where where do you find a place for your rage for your anger about maybe needs that aren't met. And the father aspect of self is coming in saying, this is unacceptable. What are you doing? Like, remember who you are, knock this off. Here's the yeah. delivery. And there's this mangled cake to cake is like a, so I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say anymore. All right. So I love the mangled cake though, because no, cake no, is like no. a, a just dessert, but it's not, but it's mis been mishandled. So I almost feel like there's this protective energy Anna, that's like saying you are precious, you're to be handled more reverently. And it's like this anger about like, stand up for yourself and and stand for something more. And don't just lie down. Don't just be sweet and sugary about this. This there's allow find a way to communicate this. Okay, Nance, I pass it to you real quick. Oh, okay, thank you so much. I can do I totally resonate. Can... Oh, oh, awesome. Good. All right, then I'll just add a real small little snippet here. I noticed that at the beginning of your dream, everything's white and clean and it yeah. seems organized until yeah, you open Carol. up the refrigerator and there's a lot of <laughs> messiness and disorganization yes. and <gasps> chaos, even chaos yes. in the sweetness of the cake. And then yeah. what happens when you have this life that you think is all pristine and perfect, mm -hmm. but then chaos ensues and you eventually end up angry. You end up angry, you end up in that third state of rage about that messiness and you get judgmental mm. with the what's wrong with you and why am I doing this wrong and why, because it's not all perfect. And I think in this time mm. in our world right now with what's going on with our craziness of this pandemic and everything, that things are messy. And if we can mm. find a way to feel the cleanliness of that white room um, amidst the rage, because <laughs> we can't just pretend like it's not there, but just to realize that there's still that room. It's still there. <gasps> there might Ooh. be a mess in it, but it's still in, you're still in that clean room. So I just that's got what this I got. little... I just got this little piece about, so sometimes when we don't want to feel something or don't want to express something, it's like, well, put, we put that on ice. It's like we close it behind. Yeah. So in some way, it feels like what's mm. in the refrigerator is like the feelings that I haven't been able to sort through. I put them on ice, deal with them later. And there's this, it's like, and the cake feels like it's what I deserve, my just desserts, and it's not right. It's like, I, I deserve more than this. I just, and so that, that's kind of the, the bottom line. I love this dream and I'm so glad that you shared it. I feel like it's totally appropriate. So, well, is there anything about the mouth? Cause that was the thing that really freaked me out. I know you talked about communication, um, but is there anything else there? Cause it was like, 
I, in the ceiling, I had this fear about health, like his wellness. Like he was trying to tell me like he was dying or something. Well, you might, like, I mean, it, I think just to, just in a nutshell, I would, I would communicate this dream with him and just say, say, Hey dad, you know, you might want to have your mouth checked out. But I think that anything in the mouth in a dream, it could be symbolic of what's going on in life. It's usually about repressed emotion. And so it might be that there's, you have a conversation due with your dad to like maybe give him permission to express himself. And maybe, maybe it's the father aspect of yourself that just needs to get it out. It's like they say, say what you mean without having to say it mean. So I'm so glad you called Anna. I'll talk to you soon. And I hope that you share the continuation. Thank you, honey. Okay. All right. So Denise, oh my God, share with us. (laughs) I know you're so good at doing the nutshell. Thank you for being patient, my sweet. What's on your heart? Yes. Quickly, because I don't really have much time. I had a dream. I went to my girlfriend's um, mother's house, or townhouse, but I never went to the house because when I pulled up, my girlfriend was standing outside. A real good friend of mine, 45 years. She mm. had on lime green pants and a flowery shirt that had a lot of green in it as well. And I, mm. you know, when I pulled up. I'm like, why is Stephanie with this green on? Lime mm. green. But she was smiling mm. and everything, and, I, and the pants were kind of older. She, you know, it was like something a 78 or 80-year-old person would wear, like elastic pants. It, probably, uh-huh. it just didn't look like something that she would wear. I'm talking fast. I talk fast anyway. But, yeah, <laughs> it was just lime green. Just That's what stood out in the dream. And I didn't even say anything to her. I just acknowledged her, and I was like, do you realize you got on lime green pants? But, of course, I didn't say that. And the dream ended. I never got a chance to go to her mother's house because I saw I saw her in the front yard and I started talking to her. But like I said, the whole dream was about the lime green, like a lime. It was just okay. Green. So what is what is in, what? All right, because we only have just a, a minute here, no. not even a minute, no. a few seconds. If it were my dream, I would say the top and the bottom don't match, even though they're both green. They're one is old, one is newer, and one is like to me a lime feels like something that's fresh, verdant, like there's hope. And then in the older pants, it feels like something is something is dying, something is older, and it feels like the 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 walk and the talk don't necessarily match. So it feels like that might be what's being worked out. But Denise. We will talk more about this next week on the show. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the show today. I hope that you all explore being night workers. And don't take your dreams lying down until we all meet again. We'll see you next week. Make sure you pay attention to those dreams. Sweet dreams. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.